is the number one community in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Banu, a time efficiency expert and a business operation strategist, who's as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. Today, something interesting will be covered in this conversation because we are somehow right now in a new normal world, and of course, there are both sides, right? Um, me as a business owner, and also I have to recruit people, but. How can I find them? How can I mesh with um, my expectation to the potential candidates, the potential employee in the future? And how can they success in their career goal, which I also care about? So today, I have an awesome opportunity to speak with Raj Supermeyer, and he is a career advancement coach. Um, let me introduce him to you a little bit. So Raj is a tech career strategist. He focuses on helping people to land their dream jobs, right? And that's something that many of you may be um, experiencing at the beginning, or maybe you're still looking for 9 to 5 and having a side hustle somehow. So if you're still looking for your dream job right now, I think this would be a great podcast for you. And he also help people to be a successful leaders. You know, everyone wants to be a leader in their own life. So that's very important. Um, yeah, he have a lot of, I mean, a lot of um, value to share with us. Um, you may feel free to check his TED Talk as well. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Raj. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so, I mean, we have prepped a lot of topic offline, so I'm excited to jump right in. But before um, we start to those awesome conversation, can you please share to my audience a little bit about how you started this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I grew up in the southern part of India, actually, and uh, I came to the United States as an immigrant. And growing up in an Asian community, I was pretty much given only three choices, doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And then I chose the engineer path, right? And literally my whole life I've been in tech. So I, uh, I, I started working in tech about 16 years ago. And, uh, I've gone through so many different roles from a software developer to, um, uh, tech lead to a manager leading 50 teams of 50 people. And way back in 2012, 2012, that's when, you know, I started realizing, man, I've, I've been a star performer in six out of my seven companies. I've always, you know, I've established my credibility and, you know, I have all this money. I have all this fame, but I feel there's something missing. And I think 
there's more to offer. So I started getting that entrepreneurial itch uh, in 2012 and um, it just kept, you know, every couple of days I used to keep thinking about it, man, I should do something different, do something different. Then I switched a couple of jobs and I still wasn't getting satisfaction. So in 2015, I decided, you know what, I'm going to figure out something I want to do as a side hustle and see, you know, what my true passion is, what my calling is. And I started doing technical workshops. That's how I started my side business, where I was helping people, teaching people how to code and how to build software. And I did that for a year. And I was still not getting, you know, passion from it. I was getting a lot of money, but again, I didn't get joy and I felt I wasn't impacting people. But then I started realizing that um, when I was leading teams, people kept telling me that you have a knack for motivating people. You have a, you have a, a way to make complex things sound simple and give actionable steps. And I got a lot of leadership awards and a lot of people constantly kept telling me that I have something to help people from a career standpoint. So then I pivoted. And then in 2017, I decided to do career coachings where I help people specifically in the tech space to find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. So that's how um, I started my business. And then mid-2018, I came at an impasse where I had, I had more clients than I could handle. So I had to make a decision, leave my $200,000 uh, salary in my full-time job and get into my business or leave my business and then just focus on my full-time job. And I realized you, you get only one life and life can change in a second. If COVID has started as one thing, you know, nothing is guaranteed in life. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this business and I've been both feet in and for the past four years, I've never looked back and it's been really exciting. Yeah. I mean, um, this is something that we have to choose, right? When we get option to choose. So you are really lucky that you're able to choose your path, but there are many people in this world that like they just graduate or they got lost in somewhere that they don't feel joy, like what you just mentioned. Um, how many, like, category, as in the tech perspective, like, tech area, let's say, because from my world, the service provider, um, if we not do about the SaaS or the type that involves development, um, software development especially, the tech assistant they would only do those automation part and set up the back end of like things so maybe the code not really required but from your world when you mention about tech it's pretty broad term right Mm -hmm. yeah so let's just take it a step back right so coming back to the first part of the question so how do you find out you know what do you want to do like what to focus on tech or even non-tech right and here's a simple exercise everyone listening, watching could actually do. So it's called the mind dump exercise. It's such a simple exercise, but really, really effective. So take a paper and pen and put a, a vertical line through the middle of the paper. Okay? okay. And then what you're going to do is on the left column, you're going to write down all the things you love to do and like to do in life. And then on the right column, you're going to write down all the things 
you hate to do and you don't want to do anymore. And usually my advice would be to do that for an hour, lock yourself in a room in an, and do it in an un, uninterrupted manner. No Facebook messaging, no Instagramming. Because this is the thing, folks. All the things you want to do in life is already in your mind. You just have to unlock it and visualize it on paper, okay? And once you do this exercise, you're going to start figuring out a lot of patterns. So say, for example, you love talking to people. You have a knack for convincing people. You are a really good listener uh, and you're a great communicator. Then maybe sales could be something which aligns with those strengths. Right. So now, see, you already got one option. Okay, we could probably do sales or you could do marketing. So this is just a very raw example. I'm just mentioning just for just to understand what I'm trying to say. But the point is, by doing this, you can find a lot of patterns. And then from those patterns, I would figure out, okay, three to at least four to five things I want to do. Okay, it could be sales. It could be uh, selling products on Amazon. It could be writing a book, whatever be the case. And then from the five or six options, Choose the top three things you want to focus on and then start coming up with an action plan. And that's how it is. So when, as I was saying, when I started my business, I, I was doing technical workshops for people. But then I went back to the drawing board and see what actually motivates me. And then again, I did this exercise and then saw my strengths were helping people grow in their personal life and careers and then uh, leading people and then solving complex problems and teams, you know, and then I started figuring out patterns, huh, maybe helping people in their careers is probably something I want to do. So once you identify two or three areas, then you come up with an action plan. Okay. So say I'm helping people in careers. Okay. What can I do? which is not already done before, or what can I do, which is of value and which could be something different. So, it's a constant thing. So constant experimentation. So you could experiment with something for a month, analyze how things are going and then tweak it. And then for the next couple of months, you know, do a modified approach. And you, when you keep repeating this again and again, then you're going to figure out what you want to do for the next year or two. And then things will again change. So constantly keep doing this mind dump exercise, whether in tech or non-tech, and you could figure out what you want to do in life. And for your second part of the question, so tech is a really broad category, exactly. So there's some basic things everyone needs to know if they're working in tech, right? At least uh, some basic knowledge about how systems work, how systems communicate. How do you communicate with teams? How do you build a product from start to finish? So irrespective of what job you want in tech. There are millions of jobs in tech. You know, you could be a developer, you could be a tester, you could be a business analyst, you could be a scrum master, you could be uh, a process analyst. But the point is there are some basic things you really need to know, especially when you're in tech. And those are some things we also work on. When I work with people, we first cover the basics. And then we figure out, okay, based on the mind dump exercise, what are your strengths? What are the different types of jobs you want to tackle? You want to focus on in tech. Okay, now let's come up with an action plan, like a three-month, six-month year plan, and then let's start making progress. And that's how it usually works. What I love about the tech industry would be, um, is how to say that, um, is international. Uh, let's say that the position-wise, the expectation or the job requirement would be 
pretty the same all over the world. I think, yeah. Like in Thailand, for example, or in the U.S. where you are right now, um, it could be rotated because sometimes the tech company they also have many branches, right? In especially that Southeast Asia exactly. country, like us. <laughs> yeah, tech jobs are yeah. It doesn't matter where you work, especially now in the post-COVID era. People work from Hawaii. For a company in California, right, and then people in Philippines, uh, people <laughs> sit in Philippines and work for a company in uh, in Chicago where I live, and they earn Chicago salary. I think the meaning of work, the way work is done, not currently has changed. But you're right in the sense that uh, once you just get a step into tech, then you have so many different options. Okay, you have so many different things you could do, and in the age of Google and YouTube, you don't have to have a master's degree in everything to actually succeed. It's about being worldly wise and how you can show some experience and how you market yourself. That's all. It's all about it. And you can all the information can be gathered online. There's so many uh, sources through which anyone can do anything in tech. So yeah, that's that's a cool thing where uh, the skills you learn in one job in tech can be applied to another job in tech as well. You mentioned something very important. Like my company also have a partner license with like to certify agile um, professional or scrum master. Those part of the tech side, the foundation one. So, uh-huh. um, what do you think in terms of like didn't have the master degree and self taught in the tech industry can enhance their experience and show up for the employer's eyes? Yeah, just to some, just to make sure I understood your question. So you're saying if you don't have a master's degree, but the experience, so how do you actually compete with people yeah. who have master's degree, right? Yeah. That's a great question. So that's where your the way you market yourself comes in the picture. The number one key thing for anyone in tech, irrespective of whether you have a master's degree from Harvard University or don't have a master's degree. It's about your building your personal brand. That's the most important thing. This is what I tell people. Say you're buying your favorite brand of body wash for the past eight years, okay? You're buying that same body wash, not just because of the fragrance, not just because of the price, not just because of the color, not just because the packaging, not just because uh, when you drop it, you know, it's still durable. It's because all these facets of that body wash, which makes you keep going for it again and again. And our personal brand is the exact same thing. It's not just because of your master's degree. It's not just because you have the certification, but it's about all the things which combines into your personal brand. So if you don't have a master's degree or a certification, the way you compete is you have start building a portfolio have a website, start blogging, start putting your experiences out there, start sharing your thoughts with the community, showing that you are skilled in the job you're looking for. Build that portfolio, take extra courses related to different jobs you want, put that on LinkedIn, have an updated LinkedIn profile, and then have a feature section where you put all these portfolios. So when recruiters actually look at your profile, they immediately start looking at these things. And that is the way you start, you know, competing, competing with other folks who have a formal training in that particular job. And again, in this day and age, it doesn't matter whether you have a master's degree, bachelor's degree, or no degree. For example, 
most of my managers came from an arts background into tech and they're one of the most successful leaders in the tech space. So it's all about how you project yourself, what you learn and how you package yourself and uh, tell that story to people in the sense why you are why you are the best person for the job and how your experiences can actually help the company, right? That's what it's all about. So just build your brand, build that portfolio and make it visible and start sharing all your knowledge with people. That's when people start listening to you and that's what is going to make you stand out from other people as well. What about for those who just decided, okay, I'm going to change my career path to tech side? How can they start building their experience? Yeah, so I work with a small portion of people who come from the non-tech space and who want to get into tech space. A great example is my wife. She uh, was in sales. And um, when we were initially dating, I could see that she had this knack for, you know, solving problems in software and she was she had keen attention to detail and I said honey you, you really have to you know try uh, a, a, an area called software testing uh, in tech where you have to find problems in the software and I think you'll be really good at it and she said I don't know anything about technology right because she comes from uh, uh, she had she has major she majored in political science and she minored in international studies, which is nowhere related to tech. I said, tech, you need only, you need to know just some basic things. So for two to three weeks, I taught her the basics of how software work, what are databases, how systems work, why, what is an API, what is UI, all the basic things, that's it. And then with that knowledge, she went and cracked the interview. The rest is history. 12 years down the line, now she's an IT consultant, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I'm trying to say is so if you want to get from a non-tech space into a tech space, you need to n- learn some key basics of how tech works, right? There's some basic programming languages you at least need to understand so in terms of how the web page works. How, how does the world, the WW wide world, worldwide web works? How do systems work when you're downloading a software on your phone? You know, how's it, how does it install in your phone? So, there's some basic things. Again, it's not rocket science. It sounds complicated, but if you go to the right person like me, then I could teach you the basics of what you exactly just need to know. And the cool thing about tech is you could always learn uh, on the job, on the fly, right? Because this is the thing. Whatever you see in the job descriptions for tech jobs, they're all cut, copy, and paste it, okay? Someone already wrote a job description, and they'll just take that and put that in the job description, in their job description. And how job descriptions are written is that you need to know everything about everything. That's close <laughs> impossible. And even they know it. Okay. And the odds are 70% of the time when you join the job, you want to do three-fourths of the things actually mentioned in the job description. And that's the fact of life, folks. I've been in leadership positions and I've written job descriptions exactly like that. And all managers do. So when you see a job, don't think that you're not the right fit. The only thing you have to focus on is learning the basics and then tweaking your LinkedIn profile to reflect the keywords in the job description and in your resume and then get that interview call. And then you can start thinking about strategies to, you know, ace those interviews. So learn the basics of tech, uh, start simple, start small, and 
that's why I would advise people who want to go from the non-tech space into the tech space. And also think about what are the different things you did in the non-tech space, which you could use in your tech space. So for example, my wife was using a sales software and she was finding issues in that when she was in the sales position. I said, that's a great story. Now let's take that, put it in the tech world and the interviews, you're going to talk about that. See how your different experience and different jobs can actually apply to tech. It's about the way you share a story. That's all that matters. That's why it matters. So That's very important. Like know your strength, right? And use it to be on your advantage. Yeah, right. I agree. I couldn't agree more with that. And this is something that I'm very fascinated with how tech world looks like. You just mentioned that and all the fun dimension that we understand. Um, it could be adjust and adapt along the way, like learning math, right? The rules are there, but how you solve it, it's just like you need to see the perspective, understand the context and like get more experience with it and just tweak a little bit. And then you would definitely find the solution eventually because that's what you are doing for. So. It's amazing. It's, it's one of the part that like you can work from anywhere and there's no like age limit. That's also something important. Like even though you are over 60, you can still be in consultants in the IT industry. Oh, yeah. So I think um, gone are the days where people are discriminated by age or sex. Yes, of course, <laughs> there's still some percentage, you know, which happens. But the point is, yeah, you, you could uh, get a PhD in computer science at the age of 60. You could, you know, um, at the age of 65, you can switch from a non-tech space to a tech space. The, the world is pretty open to different people and there's so many different opportunities. It's all about how, what is your interest area and how much drive do you have to get that job, right? Of course, nothing is a cakewalk. Even... Even if you you were in tech and you want to switch jobs within tech, still you have to put in some effort, right? So it's the same thing applies to even people coming from a non-tech space to a tech space. Yes, you have to learn some fundamentals and some basics, but again, it's not rocket science. You could tap into your previous experience, learn the basics, and then come up with different stories you could use for interviews. And once you get the one job in tech, that's your key. Then you could start you know, growing and you get switched into multiple jobs within tech as well. So the key is just trying to get your foot uh, out the door and then the rest will follow along. What about the, yeah. So thinking about the corporate ladders, right? So it would be the starter or those who would be um, execution level and then go to um, how you call it. Leadership and manager. Yeah. So manager and then like go to the C-level. So I think those who have experience from non-tech side would see and get the skill of like um, something that would enhance them to get to manager level easier. But then therefore they need to know the basic because if not, they couldn't um, understand and manage those who doing the job for them, right? Yeah, so I think, um, in fact, when they promote people to leadership roles, they actually look 
for skills not which are not tech like soft skills uh uh experiences handling people communicating with people working in teams and if you came from a sales background and then you also have a tech background you probably are already you probably already have an edge over other people because you come with so many different lenses so many different point of views rather than just being focused on tech so having different jobs and then coming to tech definitely helps especially when you want to grow higher up the ladder higher up the ladder because people actually look at all these different skill sets you have which you could use as you grow and you could use within different themes different projects and different scenarios as well what about i i know you mentioned about this apply but this is something that interesting to me at least um these day in a new normal world um many company they still because they pay for the rental of their office so they require staff to go to their office and work why yeah. the employee themselves they may want to work from home more so what are these scenarios in at least take industry best in the US looks like yeah whatever i'm going to talk about is up applies not only in united states but world over so what's happening right now is that uh, a lot of companies since now people are getting vaccinated but yes we are still in the middle of a pandemic but the point is that this this situation may be slightly better uh, because people are getting vaccinated so now the companies are expecting employees to come into office and now and for the past couple of years people have been used to work from home and they want they love the flexible work arrangement so they're telling their employers that you know what i still want to continue doing this but i can come to the company in the office as and when needed some companies are okay with that because they're ready to adapt to the new normal but there are some portions of the company some kind of companies who do not uh want to continue that flexible work arrangement and forcing people to come into the office in person and so i think there are two kind of scenarios which we are seeing with employers and employees right now and the result is that companies are losing their top performers because of restricting flexible work arrangements and that's why we have this great resignation which is also this is one one of the triggers where people have used these past two years to upskill themselves and uh now with the skill sets they have they're telling employers that i i can continue working for you but i want the same kind of lifestyle and if they object to it then they go to another company which gives them the lifestyle they want so i think it's kind of a you know 50-50 i would say some companies are okay with it some companies aren't so it's all up to how you communicate with your boss in terms of okay these are the hours i want to work these are the things i'm thinking How, how can we come to a solution so that you know you'll be okay and I'll be okay so i think we need that conversation needs to happen between your boss and the employer and that's what is going to really help in this current situation do you have any tips of like negotiate that and set the same expectation between employees and employer to be on the same page oh yeah there i actually uh, wrote an article uh called six ways to convince your boss to work from home for entrepreneur okay. i'll share that article with you and you can put that in the show notes as well 
It's one of the popular articles on Entrepreneur Magazine. The, so some of the things which I shared in that article was one, to show your employer how productive you've already been working from home. So what I would do is when if you know that you're going to have the conversation with your boss, then for two to three weeks before having the conversation, start tracking your time, okay? And then make a note of all the things you're accomplishing, how you're working, and then you have all this data. And when you talk to your boss, then show all this data of how productive you have been and how much time you've saved by not having to come into the to office, not having to attend unnecessary meetings. So that is a great way to convince your boss that, you know what, working from home is actually helping the company and making me more productive. Second thing is we can let let your um, boss know that you're flexible, where whenever they need you to come into the office, you can come into the office. And and other times, you're going to work from home, continue working from home. And assure your boss that the work won't be affected and you'll still be productive and deliver things on time. So that really helps. And another thing to keep in mind is be open and honest with your boss about how, the way you feel. Because a lot of people, uh, you know, have immunocompromised uh, family members and they don't want to take a risk by going into office and catching COVID and coming back home and giving it to their family members. So if you have those kind of situations, just be open and honest saying, this is my current situation and it's going to be really hard. And I would really love to have your support and figure out a way we could, you know, work through the situation. So those are some strategies which you could use to actually convince your boss. And that way you could probably come to a win-win situation and still continue to work the way you want and still deliver uh, your tasks um, and deliver your things on time. Yeah. I mean, these things are so amazing. And I'm sure that your clients will get their career advancement and understand more of like how their future looks like in the tech industry. So in case anyone who listening to this and thinking like, okay, I'm interested, maybe tech could be something that I'm interested to move to or let, let me check that, um, how this industry really works if they are not really tech background. So why can they reach out to you then or follow you? Yeah, so all my life's work can be found on my website, which is radsubra.com, R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. There, you're going to find a lot of articles to help you out, and you can contact me via the website as well. And I live on LinkedIn, pretty much live on LinkedIn. So you can always ping me there, follow me, and every day I post content on various topics related to what we are talking about and uh, follow me and connect with me. So those are the two best ways to actually connect with me and get learn some strategies to get into tech. And last but not the least, I also released a book called Skyrocket Your Career. And uh, if you go to skyrocketyourcareerbook.com, 